welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friends. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com. And I'm going to chat today about the importance of self-discipline in our lives. Not a very popular topic, but bear with me. This podcast is going to be a little bit longer than my normal ones, but I really didn't want to divide it into two. So you may have to give it a pause and come back later if you can't take it in um, during the whole time here. And what I'm sharing with you today, ladies, is what God is continuing to teach me. I have not arrived, and I'm thankful that God is so patient and loving with me. So know as I'm sharing this, because there's some hard things in here today, I'm learning this alongside with you. So self-discipline is essential to spiritual growth, and it's useful in our lives in so many ways. Living lives that are disciplined means saying yes to God in every area of our lives. So Jesus is our ultimate example of what it looks like to live a disciplined life. He chose both dependence and obedience to his Father. And as Christians, we too are called to dependence and obedience to our Father. As followers of Christ, disciples, right? Jesus has laid out what the call to follow him looks like. We must leave self behind, take up our cross, and follow him. And he reminds us that if we let ourselves be lost for his sake, we will find our true self. We're not our own ladies, but we are bought with a price if we are in Christ, right? We know these truths. Part of being a disciple of Christ is the call to leave self behind. So we live in a world system that tells us to look out for number one. We are all extremely selfish at heart. And I don't know about you, but next to pride, selfishness is is a sin that I do battle with daily. I'm really good to follow God when things are easy and life's going my way. And it's easy to be a Christian on Sunday mornings as we love and worship with the saints and we sing beautiful hymns and pray together. But it's a bit harder when the demands of home and family are before me, and I'm dealing with my selfish heart. So instead of seeking our own wants and needs, we need to be seeking Christ. And I want to make clear that as Christians, we are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Okay, We are not saved because of our obedience to Christ Our obedience to Christ is evidence of our saving faith. So if you have seen yourself as a sinner before God and you've repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, you are a child of God. And it's only by His grace that we can be obedient to His Word and live lives that are guided by His truth. So let's take a look at the definition of discipline. So to discipline means to instruct or educate, to inform the mind, to prepare by instructing in correct principles and habits. So when we're asking what is it, I want us to turn to God's Word to help us to get an understanding of how self-discipline is an important beginning in our roles as homemakers. And this is foundational because it undergirds all that we do. So really, I'm glad you have tuned in here with me today because this is a really important truth to understand and grasp hold of. Self-discipline is primary to our spiritual growth. 
In 1 Timothy 4, 7, we are called to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. It means to exercise control over oneself. It's the ability to keep ourselves under control. Self-discipline or self-control as we see it in Galatians 5, 23 is the fruit of the spirit. It's only by God's grace that we can produce this fruit and exercise self-control in our lives. But this discipline of self-control, it is primary in our production of the other fruits of the other fruit listed in Galatians 5, 23. So for our lives to produce holiness, we need to have mastery over thoughts, speech, attitudes, and actions, okay? We don't produce the fruit of self-discipline, but we're active in practicing it. It is holy by God's grace as we are attached to the vine. Think of John 15, and God's grace flows through us to produce self-discipline. And as we live under the Spirit's control, we can live self-disciplined lives. 1 Peter 1.13 tells us, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the, revela- at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So 1 Peter 1.13, it's telling, he is telling us there to gird up our minds, to pull the loose ends in of our thinking. And when Peter is referencing keep sober, he's not talking about getting drunk. But he is talking about understanding our priorities and being clear-minded. It is thinking about things that we ought to. It means to clearly understand our biblical priorities. And understanding our biblical priorities comes about when we have sound doctrine. I'm always going to come back to this, ladies, because it is foundational that we are spending time in the Word, because that is the basis for how we order our lives as believers. Ephesians 4.14 tells us, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. We won't get very far if there's no motivation to get our lives in order, right? We, we know there's things we need to do. So I want to get to the undergreen, coming back, I think of the first Peter 1 Peter 1.13, that undergreen. What is our motivation, all right? Because we all deep down desire to be effective Christians. And for us as wives and mothers, a big part of our lives is in caring for our homes and families. And our modern world is totally self-centered. It is a constant message of look out for number one and life is all about me. The Bible comes along and says, we're not in charge of ourselves. I want to remind us who owns us if we are in Christ. We are now slaves to Christ. The word used in the New Testament is doulos. And the Bible reminds us that we are not our own, but we have been bought with a price. Doulos is defined as someone who belongs to another. It's a bond slave without any ownership rights of their own. And ironically, doulos or bond slave is used with the highest dignity in the New Testament, namely of believers who willingly live under Christ's authority as his devoted followers. So if you are in Christ, you are a doulos, a slave to Christ. Throughout the New Testament, the word bond servant, slave, or servant, you may see it too, excuse me, is applied metaphorically to someone absolutely devoted to Jesus. So Paul and Timothy and James, Peter and Jude, 
all describe themselves as bond servants or better translated slaves of Christ. And in the New King James, you could see it in Romans 1.1 and Philippians 1.1 and James 1.1 and 2 Peter 1.1 and Jude 1.1. So believers today should still consider themselves slaves of Christ. 1 Corinthians 7.22 says, For he who was called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who was called while free is Christ's slave. He is our Lord, and our allegiance is due to him alone. As bond servants, we renounce other masters, right? Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. The word serve is dulio, and it is translated there to be a slave. So being a slave of Christ, it is not drudgery, right? Because he is the perfect master. His burden is light, Matthew eleven thirty, And also we have this promise, now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life, Romans 6, 22. Praise God. This has to be our starting point. We need to understand, right? If we are in Christ, we are God's and we are designed for good deeds. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 reminds us verses we have heard, but let me remind you again, for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. And verse 10, listen, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I love how Elizabeth Elliott stated it. She said, and I'm quoting here, designed for good deeds. It's as simple as that. It was God's idea. He did the designing. He expects us to work just as the designer of a precision instrument. If he understands the principles involved and designs it accordingly, expects the thing to work. It's no great credit to the instrument if it does, end quote. Think about that. When we grasp this truth that we are not our own and what God has done to purchase us, it cannot help but have an impact on how we order our lives. So let's look at the discipline of work in our homes, okay? So as a Christian, all of our work that is done is to be done heartily as unto the Lord. There's no such thing specifically as Christian work. Christian work is anything that is done by a Christian and is offered to God. That means even our housework. If I look to my housework as beneath me or of little value in the kingdom, I just need to get a refocus and picture my Lord Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. A great work for God is not in being served, but in serving. It's not in being made much of, but in surrendering our lives to Him and His service. It always begins in humility. In Discipline, The Glad Surrender, great book by Elizabeth Elliot, she shares a formula that she once heard to prevent boredom. It was three things. She said, one, something to do, two, something to love, three, something to look forward to. And she says the Christians has, has all of these in Christ. Something to do, we have work, right? Something to love, we have a perfect master. Something to look forward to, we have a hope. So how easily we forget this at times, though, ladies. One of the results of the fall is that we lose sight of the meaning of things and begin to see the world as dull and opaque instead of charged with glory. What other people are doing looks so much more interesting and exciting than what we have to do. There's no magic in, in you know, Elizabeth Elliot said, there's no magic in my routine, but we think hers looks enviable. So it's the grass is always greener on the other side kind of concept there. <clears throat> but ladies, 
There are needs right in our own homes and we are the ones called to fill them. Our hearts need to be set on one thing, obedience to God. Our work needs to be looked at as a blessing. He has given us what we need to accomplish his purposes here on earth, and it is in the mundane task for the most part, because we do live in the mundane, right? That's where God is molding and shaping us, and being a homemaker can seem like such a mundane job to the world. It can be so easy to find satisfaction in other areas of our lives that get noticed by others. And the care of your home and family is where God's chisel is being worked to transform you and me into the image of Christ. It is in the daily dying of self to meet the needs of others that you are most like Christ. Elizabeth Elliot said it best, and it's a quote you've heard a zillion times, but really listen this time and take it in. This job has been given to me to do. Therefore, it is a gift. Therefore, it is a privilege. Therefore, it is an offering I may make to God. Therefore, it is to be done gladly if it is done for Him. Here, not somewhere else, I may learn God's way. In this job, not in some other, God looks for faithfulness. Our Lord is looking for faithfulness to be lived out in our lives, and this most likely as a wife and mother is going to be lived out in your home first and not somewhere else. If you have a family and a home, he has given you a job to do. It is where you and me are going to learn God's way. We can forget and lose our focus on who, capital W, we are working for, When we remember to look to the Lord and know that our work is an offering to Him and it is truly Him who the job is being done for, it makes our work a delight and a sweet offering. So I want to bring us back to the reminder that Christ is our master, that that would change our attitude towards our work and it would change the quality of our work, right? Think about this, ladies. Not only is our work we have been given a blessing, but even the ability ability to work as a blessing. How often do we thank him for that? So however mundane or boring or routine the task may seem to us, it really does matter. There's an unknown quote that we should all have posted somewhere in our homes. It says, if a task is once begun, never leave it till it's done. Be the labor great or small, do it well or not at all. Another area of discipline I want to bring into today is the discipline of our time. And I want to see how disciplined we are with it, right? I'm going to talk briefly about what it looks like spiritually and then um, hang in there with me because I want to get into some practical ways of what it looks like to make the most of our days. So we're all given the same time, 24 hours in a day, right? There's time for everything the Lord wants us to do. Ephesians 5, 15 to 16 tells us, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of, use of time because the days are evil. Many times we lie to ourselves and say we don't have the time when really what we're saying, and I can say this because I know I do this, I'm saying, I don't want to do that. So how do we spend our time? Do we spend it efficiently? We are to be reminded that we have enough time to do what God wants us to do. We are all given the same 24 hours in a day. Our number one priority should be daily time with the Lord. If we don't spend time with Him, This reveals a self-sufficiency problem. We are saying to God when we do that, I can do this on my own. Elizabeth Elliot reminds us there's always enough time to do the will of God. So are we involved in things we shouldn't be involved in? 
Do we squander our time? One way to see how we spend our time is to log everything we do for a week and see the areas where we are wasting the time that the Lord has gifted us with. Ecclesiastes 3 reminds us, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Listen, we're all in different seasons of our lives, and I promise you those babies are going to be grown up and gone from your home one day, and I'm going to say what you've heard a zillion times, but you are going to miss it. I promise you that. But it also opens up another season to you that will allow you to accomplish and do things that you couldn't do when you were raising your littles. But you don't want to miss that time with those babies. You only get that time with them now at every age that they're at. So make the most of it. Embrace each season with thanks to the Lord. Don't consider the interruptions in your day now as burdens, but give thanks for them. They're from the Lord too. And he continues to work all things for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So those moments you look at as interruptions or mindless or unimportant are being used still to mold you more into his image. All time is in God's hand, and it is designed to be worked continually for our good, and our job on earth is to glorify him in all we do, even in the interruptions and how we respond to them. So John Blanchard leaves us with a great quote, to waste time is to squander a gift from God. So as I ponder the thought of when we waste time, and I'm reminded of a time, and I'm just giving a simple example here, if I had to go through these old blog posts and I had to update them when I moved my blog from Blogger to WordPress, everything didn't switch over seamlessly, and my blog at that time needed some time and attention, and I would kind of planned to sit and work it at 15 to 30 minutes at a time, but so easily realized that an hour or more had passed by at times. I had other things that I needed to be taking care of in my home, but sitting there mindlessly reading through these old blog posts and fixing them seemed a bit more on the easy side to me and more appealing over folding a load of laundry or washing dishes. I'm using updating my blog as an example, but it can be a host of other things that distract us from the most important tasks of our day. It may be Facebook or email or phone calls or reading or television or a host of other activities that we find more interesting than the tasks at hand. It may be that we're just really good procrastinators. And let me state, there's nothing wrong with spending time on social media, reading, television, or whatever your leisure time activities may be. But there is a problem if it's taking you away from getting your work done in your home. I came across a convicting article where the writer was talking about being a sloth, or as it's sometimes referred to in Proverbs as a sluggard. And many times, we think that it's someone who just likes to sleep. But the writers share that the scriptures paint a broader picture, and it's really one who's doing something other than what ought to be done in that moment to the glory of God. Let me say that again. A sluggard is really someone who is doing something other than what ought to be done in that moment to the glory of God. You see, we're we're trying to find rest in the wrong way. You can replace sleep with any event, even Bible study. Does that shock you? I know. If I should be getting dinner for my family, but I just decide to let them starve or fend for themselves because I'm studying my Bible, I'm not being spiritual at that moment. I'm being a sluggard. I'm not doing what I ought to be doing in that moment to God's glory. Certain seasons call for certain actions, and if I avoid the proper one and replace it with something more pleasurable, then I'm being a sluggard. I'm trying to find rest in a thing instead of in what God desires for me in a particular moment. It can be so easy for me to do the thing that's most pleasurable and procrastinate on the thing that I really do not want to do. But when I realize that the sluggard in scripture is less about snoozing and more about avoiding the difficult things, 
That's convicting to me. My heart is convicted. And the answer to the sluggard's heart is the gospel of Jesus. When I realize that my rest is already established and founded in Christ, it strikes a blow to the desires of my sluggard heart, right? And I realize that my satisfaction won't be found in a little more sleep or slumber, but it will be found only in Christ. He gives me everything I need for every moment to do the things that are necessary at that time. So what does self-discipline look like spiritually? Steve Lawson says to pursue holiness, a believer must hear biblical preaching and teaching and participate in corporate worship, the Lord's Supper, Bible reading, meditation, prayer, and fellowship. Further, he must deny many legitimate pleasures if he is to win the prize. This is so true in our role, ladies. We must deny many things in various seasons of our lives in order to choose what is better. We're called in God's word to lay down our lives, to put the needs of others before ourselves, and to do all things to the glory of God. It's here where we will find our true purpose in our homes, and it is to glorify God in all that we do, right? 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I sort of have a pattern going here that was somewhat of the focus last week too. So we have liberty in Christ, but we must learn not to abuse our Christian liberty, but exercise self-discipline in areas like food, sleep, time, money. And in our case, what I'm talking about today is in caring for our homes and families. We should desire that nothing but God's word has mastery over us. Taking another Steve Lawson quote, and I love this, we must give up the control of self if we would gain self-control. So let's look a little bit here. What does self-discipline now practically look like lived out in our homes, all right? So discipline for me is an area I need to continue to seek the Lord for help in and grow in. And I've seen his faithfulness in doing that in my life over the years. My days go much smoother and I actually have more free time when I'm disciplined with my time and tasks. And it means I get to spend more time studying the word too. And that's a good thing. I get the battle, ladies. It is much easier to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And our society has become one of instant gratification. And many times I buy into the lie. I don't have this perfected and it's going to be continual work in my life. But here are some practical habits that I continue to develop to become self-disciplined with my time. Time is a gift from the Lord and I don't want to waste what the Lord has gifted me with. I want to be a good steward of the time and make the most of my days. When I waste time, and I know I've wasted time, I just feel yucky. I know, not a profound statement, but it's true, right? When I've been diligent in my tasks for the day and been productive, I feel better when I do sit to scan Facebook or watch a movie. My list is very practical. Nothing profound here that you haven't heard before, but if you're like me, I need to hear it again and again sometimes before it takes root. So here's here's sort of my list, okay? <clears throat> Number one is spending time with the Lord first thing in the morning. And I, I'm not saying that this is a law to do that, okay? 
I know that if that time of day doesn't work for everyone, but I do want to encourage you to try it if you can. We can have a zillion excuses why we don't do this, but it is the best time to spend with the Lord. We are at our best, and it usually is the quietest time of the day. And there's no better way to start your day than sitting at the feet of Jesus first thing in the morning. Charles Spurgeon says, It's a good rule never to look into the face of man in the morning till you have looked into the face of God. And you can replace that word man there with children maybe in your home, right? Number two, because I'm a procrastinator, this is my number two, take care of the tasks that are the most difficult. If you find you are a procrastinator with certain items on your to-do list, take the time to attend to those tasks first thing in the day so you can move beyond them. And many times for me, sometimes it sounds so silly, but it's just a time-consuming phone call that I'm putting off. But once I get beyond those particular tasks that are a little more challenging for me, the others seem to go so much more smoothly. Number three, make sure you finish what you start. How many times as keepers of our homes do we flit from task to task to task and never finish any of them? I'm so guilty of this. When you start a task, finish it through. This is an issue to me because I can find myself wanting to tackle so many seemingly good things, but I have to determine what is the best thing to be focusing on at that moment and determine to stick with it until it's finished. So when I do find myself going in that motion of flitting from task to task and leaving each one unfinished, it's when I have to discipline myself to just finish the task that I am on before moving to the next. When we start and stop tasks without finishing them, our to-do list just continues to grow and adds unnecessary stress to our day. So if you start unloading the dishwasher, finish it. When you go up to get dressed, don't leave your room until you're done. When you start cleaning out a drawer or a cupboard, stay on task until it's done. When you bake those yummy cookies, finish baking them and clean up your mess too. Make sure you stop to meet the needs of your child or spouse or neighbor. Otherwise, don't stop to check Facebook or email or your phone. When you're talking with your child or spouse, make sure you give them your undivided attention. This is an area that I'm continuing to pray for help on because I'm not always good at that. I can be a little distracted when I'm speaking to someone. So I'm really, in those moments, I pray and say, Lord, help me to stay focused on what they are saying and doing and to to not look to the other things that I was in the midst of, but to stop and pause and focus and listen to them. So try to also keep the mindset that social media and non-work-related email is a treat to be enjoyed after you have dealt with the important responsibilities you need to take care of for the day. It's much more enjoyable to sit and answer an email to a friend or check Facebook messages knowing I've dealt with the responsibilities well in my home. When I have tasks that are left unfinished and I'm sitting going through the Facebook feed, it's not a very enjoyable experience right then because guilt sets in and it should. So number four, my next tip is to take the time to get organized. This is not an overnight fix, but it's one that we should continually work to strive towards because the more organized we are, the less time and money we waste. When we're organized with meal planning, we have less waste of food and better use of leftovers, simple things like that. Think of how many hours of your life you've wasted looking for items, okay? Work your home one room at a time. Number five, just learn to deny yourself. When you're tempted to check email before reading your Bible in the morning, deny yourself. When you're wanting to sleep in instead of spending time with the Lord in the morning, deny yourself. When you would rather put off tomorrow what you can do today, deny yourself and finish the tasks at hand. So some final thoughts here as I kind of close, and thanks for sticking with me here today. 
When those days or moments come up that you have squandered the time away and you see a lack of self-discipline in your life, don't spend your time beating yourself up about it or sulking, okay? Repent and move forward. You can't go back, but you can move forward. I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. God's mercies are new every morning. And if you are in Christ, you're not gaining favor with God by the things that you do. You are already favored and loved by God because of Christ. So you're, you're, this, we're not talking legalism here. By doing these things, you're not gaining favor with God. Hold fast to that truth, ladies, because it can be so easy to get caught up in that. I just want to tell you, if you see a lack of self-discipline in your life in various areas, pray and ask the Lord to help you in this area. And as I close here, I want you to see maybe what is the next item on your to-do list and just do it, right? Maybe you need to hug your little one or sit and read a story with them. Maybe you need to get a load of laundry moving or maybe you need to sit at the feet of Jesus and be reminded of his great love for you if you are in Christ. I'm going to leave you with a quote by John MacArthur. He says, we have only the time allotted by God and none of us knows when it will run out. Every Christian life runs by his divine timetable and against his divine clock. We don't know how long he will hold open the door of a given opportunity or of our entire time of service. Be careful how you walk, Paul counsels, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. God gives us many things without limit, his love, his grace, and many others, but his gift of time is strictly measured, end quote. My friends, I want to leave you with the reminder that Jesus is enough always. And thank you, my friends, for taking the time to to be here with me today. I know it was a long one, so I'm really grateful that you hung in here with me, and I hope it was edifying for you. So for more posts or to contact me or where to find me on social media and for the show notes, please always, I send you over to my little home on the web, thankfulhomemaker.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast or it was a blessing to you today, please share it with others. And if you um, if you haven't already, I'm so thankful for those of you that have. Head over to iTunes and give it a rating so others can find it too. Have a blessed week, my dear friends. Mm-hmm.